We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's more fun to be there live for Los Angeles Chargers football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Los Angeles Chargers and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you a 360-degree preview of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if you change your plans, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze, and you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com chargers. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Steven, and I am the host, as always. And joining me is my guy, Tyler. Tyler, what's up, man? How are you doing today? Uh, dreading the, not inevitable, but what could happen on Sunday. Uh, we talked about recently how much this could doom the Chargers if they lose. And so I'm anxious, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, these are two teams that really uh mirror each other shall we say uh lots of similarities uh not just this year but in the past uh, as well in terms of recent history and outcomes and always being in one score games and things like that so um should be a lot of fun in terms of these box score if you're a casual nfl fan uh, i'm sure this is uh, a game you probably have circled so um we'll dive into all of it as tyler kind of alluded to the history of teams 
making the playoffs after going 0-3 is basically zero. Um, since 2002, there have exactly been 99 teams that have started 0-3, and just the one Houston Texans team from 2018 ended up making the playoffs. So uh, both of these teams uh, really are fighting for their playoff lives early in week three, which is uh, not where you want to be at this point. No, I had counted the Vikings out of the postseason in our predictions, but I had the Chargers, you know, making the AFC Championship. So, dude, uh, one thing I got right at least, and one of those things I wasn't a homer for. Guess which one I got right? <laughs> yeah, which we'll see. I, I will say, like, if the, it, like, hypothetically speaking, like, it, whoever is zero and three, I feel like the zero and three Vikings would have a better chance of like figuring it out because they play in the NFC, which is not as strong mm -hmm. of a conference. 0-3 in the AFC is, yeah, that's rough. That's rough, man. And uh, theoretically, you'd be 1-3 heading into the bye if you're able to beat the Raiders, which the Raiders have played some good football to a certain extent. Um, but uh, see how that goes. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Mm -hmm. um, all right, let's get to the uh, injury report as we do every single week. Uh, let's start with the good news about the Chargers side of things. Uh, seems like Deion Henley and Chris Rumpf will be able to make their season debuts this week. Um, they've both practiced in full for the first time since their respective injuries. Um, Jameson Omar, of course, on, on his uh, regular season debut, mentioned that hamstring injuries are typically two and a half-ish weeks. Um, it's been basically three for, for both of them. Um, so theoretically, those two guys on track to make their debuts on Sunday in Minnesota. Great. Uh, Henley, no idea how much of him we'll even see. We'll see if they yeah. just like what they have going, and maybe he's inactive. I don't know. Hopefully he's not, but I, I doubt we're going to see much of him playing linebacker unless they want to give him a shot over Neiman and Ogbongwamiga. And then Neiman last week was a bit of a surprise over Amen. So we'll see there. But Rumpf, Rumpf coming back is great. The team does need a, a true second rotation. Yes, two that can play as the edge two and a half as that third guy. Yeah. Obviously played really well but you want a full rotation behind your starter. So that's great to see that he's on his way back. Yeah. And um, there, there were people, I don't want to say concerned, but you know, a little anxious about maybe Chris Rump stealing snaps from Thule. I don't see that really being the case after watching what happened, uh, what Thule did on Sunday. Um, it, it, to me, it's very, very clear that he is significantly better at his job than Chris Rump would be at this point so uh, chris will help help on the defense he'll help on special teams you know if push comes to shove you know and and we'll see about joe he didn't practice today after being limited yesterday um but you obviously feel more comfortable about chris rumpf stepping in more so than brevin allen or andrew farmer mm -hmm. or ty shelby so like you mentioned at the very least chris rumpf will be back having a full rotation um joey not not practicing i'm not super concerned about but what about you no he said so he was did not practice all last week and then he still played 18 or whatever it was snaps uh 19 to be exact but yeah he was no practices last week limited mm -hmm. yesterday didn't practice today but yeah, he was like out there working off to the side kind of thing yeah i, I i'm not concerned uh, for anything new obviously i'm concerned that he's you know not 100 percent, but nothing new yeah. that we know I tend to think we see a very similar usage for Joey on Sunday. Yeah, there's there's no 
it's a very difficult game coming up, but it's not the difficult game. It's not the Cowboys. It's not the Chiefs. Like yeah. you saw what you saw from Thule. If Chris is coming back, especially keep it going, get to the bye, get ready for Dallas and Kansas City back to back. Yeah. And um, listen, man, this is a great opportunity again for Thule. I, it doesn't seem like Christian Derrissaw is going to play. Um, Oli Udo, who is there who was their swing tackle. He obviously got injured, which him nothing but the best. So theoretically, the, the Vikings will be on their fourth offensive tackle this week. Um, so again, a, a positive edge rusher offensive tackle matchup for the Chargers. Obviously, they were not able to take advantage of that in week one, um, but they did take advantage of it in week two. So uh, should be a good one there. Uh, the two big concerns, obviously, Austin Eckler and Eric Kendricks. Um Austin Eckler said he's feeling kind of day-to-day, week-to-week on, on the Eckler's Edge podcast with Matthew Harmon. Um, he was at least out there, so I, I think you feel decent about his chances of playing, but we'll we'll get a, a, a full status update on that tomorrow. Eric Kendricks, I expect to be out. Uh, he's not even out there practicing. Um, Danny Popper did say he's in the building rehabbing, but uh, like we mentioned, two and a half weeks for hamstring is pretty standard, and he mm-hmm. has even been out there for practice uh since being injured so no yeah. clue what happened there because to me like the me and alex katzen discussed this his he first showed up on the injury report with the hamstring and then it said uh mm-hmm. not related mm-hmm. and we were like, oh okay like he's probably just sore like could be a vet rest day and then it's just been like nothing like zero updates uh it has yeah. not happened. so i'm a tad concerned about eric kendricks and the state of his hamstrings at this point yeah, hate to see how that is going right now. Not that it's like Otito, but you expected some like progress and then you just kind of heard nothing and things just seemed a bit more complicated in the end than we thought they would be. And so hopefully it's not something that is is worse. This is a player who's played like 3,000 snaps in three seasons the last three years. To see him already miss what it will definitely be two games is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much it on the Charger side of things. Um Christian Darasaw has been limited in practice for what it's worth. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mentioned that earlier. Um, Marcus Davenport, their starting edge rusher who they signed to a decent contract. He has not practiced this week. Um, he missed week one, came back for week two, but only played like four snaps and hasn't practiced mm-hmm. since. Um, so expect a heavy dose of Daniil Hunter, I guess, this week. Um, one injury there that I'm really curious about is Garrett Bradbury, their starting center. Um, he injured his back in the first game. And then last week against the Eagles, the, the Vikings were on their backup center and it was, uh, not pretty. It went as expected against the Philadelphia Eagles. I think he's, I think that backup center is currently tied for like fifth worst in in, uh, interior offensive line pressure allowed. So yeah, very curious about that one and how that could go for the uh, Vikings heading into this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If Darisol doesn't play, if Bradbury doesn't play, that's, no, I'm not going to say it. I was going to say it's a wrap, but I've done that before. <laughs> you did that week one. I almost just did that. <laughs> next, next, next thing. Next thing. Uh, yeah, that's that's funny stuff. I, I want to circle back really quickly. How do you think Nick Neiman played this week uh, or last week, I guess, against the Titans? Didn't pay attention to him whatsoever. Um, okay. From my understanding of the game, I don't recall there being a positive play, nor do I recall him being in the scrums near the run. I don't know if that's more of a, a weak side sort of thing, and they ran a certain way, and, and Murray just happened to be there. Um, I, I don't have anything really to say about him, though. 
Yeah, there weren't a ton of positive plays, but there weren't negative plays either. Like he wasn't getting terribly beaten. He wasn't mm-hmm. missing any tackles very badly. So it was kind of mixed. I, I think people are going to be very excited if Dan Henley is active, but I don't know, man. Like I, I still think that they're going to be kind of patient with him and not force him out there, but maybe they don't feel great about Nick Neiman and maybe Dan is kind of your better option there. But I, I still kind of expect it to be some kind of mix of Neiman and, and Amen personally. Yeah, I don't see Henley off injury game one flipping over both Amen and Nick Neiman in the depth chart. I mean, at some point you have to, and at some point he will. It just for him to be pretty clearly not the first linebacker or second linebacker out there in the preseason to suddenly starting over those two would be a surprise. Yeah. Totally. All right, Tyler, let's get to the uh Minnesota Vikings deep dive here. Um, as always, we have the uh, respective slideshow. Well done. Um, I'm very curious to see what people's thoughts here are in the chat as well, of, of just how their impressions of the Vikings are. Um, but let's let's get into this deep dive here. The coaching staff, um, Kevin O'Connell, Wes Phillips, guys that are uh, very familiar with the Sean McVay system. Um, Kevin O'Connell did coach Kirk Cousins in Washington as well. Um, so that, that relationship I think is, is pretty good. If you watch the quarterback series, you got kind of a good glimpse into that one. Um, the big X factor, which Arjun talked about in his chargers analytics, uh, episode this morning is Brian Flores. Who's doing some crazy things up there in Minnesota so far. Um, Tyler, what's been your kind of impression looking at the, the statistics and things like that of, of the Brian Flores defense? I'd love to hear Arjun's perspective. I didn't get a chance to listen to that one. Uh, for me, it just seems like they're at least improved and not what they were last year, which I don't recall what they were at. But basically, they were the the letdown team, mostly because of that defense, regardless of what the offense could do. So to see that, I think they're like mid of the pack in terms of most of their defensive statistics is yeah. great and for them. And to see what they tried to do you know, against the Eagles, like we're just going to play three guys back. We're just going to play <laughs> deep and, and, and pray to God you don't get yeah. past it. I, I respect that. Um, I respect anything that's not 32nd in the league. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> sad, sad bar. Um, yeah, so Arjun pointing this out, and I think Ben Fennel did on Twitter as well. The Vikings currently lead the league in uh three man rushes percentage, and they also lead the league in six man rush percentage. So <laughs> Brian Flores is either blitzing or he is dropping eight. Like it, it, it is hilarious to look at these numbers. Um, to see what exactly he's doing from a uh, pass rush perspective. It's super, super interesting. Very reminiscent of like a three-three-five college defense. Mm. Um, you mentioned like the playing deep thing. Like he's taken the prevent defense to a whole new extreme this year. Um, playing three safeties in both of their first two games, like deep, like three safety shell looks. Um, doing some crazy things out there. And I respect it. Like he's doing unique things to try and, uh, take advantage of this defensive roster, which objectively speaking is not one that you really feel great about, but he's he's pumping out some nice results so far by being creative. And uh, I think that's to be commended. And I think that's giving Kevin O'Connell what he wanted out of his defense mm-hmm. because last year, you know, uh, I forget his first name, but Donatel Sr., essentially a Vic Vangio disciple, was like 32nd in blitz rate. Like he basically stood back in shell coverages and and did all of the bad stuff from the Vic Vangio tree that you don't want to be doing 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so Kevin O'Connell was like, yeah, I want to be more aggressive. I want to be more creative. And uh, Brian Flores is doing that so far. Yeah, I'm curious how they'll go after the Chargers. I, I feel like I don't know how they've been against the blitz so far, but it feels like and we talked about this, like they just third down protection issues, end of game. Things are collapsing. Yeah. So I'm curious if they go more for the aggressive approach than the passive approach. Yeah, Justin Herbert mentioned that uh, in his press conference yesterday that they've been watching the film that they put out against the Dolphins in 2020. And that was the famous Keenan Allen quote after the game where he was like, we don't know what we're doing or whatever the the exact quote was. Um, So they're familiar with the Brian Flores defense. I think offensively they'll be well prepared for it. And we'll dive into some of the, the specific matchups here. But like you mentioned, like, Kellen Moore versus Brian Flores is a super interesting coaching matchup. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get to some of these additions and losses. Big time additions here. Uh, Josh Oliver, the big blocking tight end, pairing him with uh, Mr. TJ Hawkinson. Um, Vikings pretty clearly wanted to be able to get into 12 personnel more heavily this year. Uh, Garrett Bradbury has been there a long time, but certainly uh, noteworthy to uh, that extension. Marcus Davenport comes over from New Orleans to replace Zadarius Smith, who they cut. Uh, Dean Lowry, some edge depth as well. And then Byron Murphy comes over from Arizona to replace Patrick Peterson, who departed for Pittsburgh. Um, Any thoughts on the big additions here, Tyler? Um, Not necessarily. I mean, Davenport would be someone you could maybe pair, and hopefully that would work out, but it's certainly no Zadarius Smith. Um, I don't know where he's at right now, but it, I think Smith had what 80 pressures last season. So they're, they're trying, yeah. Sorry, I mean like where he's at statistically right now. Oh, gotcha. Um, so yeah, I, that's he's out. That was your big. That was your big one. So that's unfortunate. And then the losses, a lot of turnover. I didn't realize there was so much turnover in the Minnesota Vikings this year. Yeah, like you mentioned, uh, Eric Kendricks obviously with us now. Dalvin Cook with the Jets. Patrick Peterson with the Steelers. Adam Thielen. Uh, that's kind of another big, big loss for them in terms of just mm-hmm. targets and, and statistics and trying to fill that void. Um, and then Dalvin Tomlinson too, he was, you know, a, a great run stuffing one technique, nose tackle kind of defensive player, but the Browns gave him a massive, massive contract. So yeah. don't necessarily fault them for playing him, but I believe, uh, Kyrus Tonga, who was a six round pick out of BYU has kind of been their starting nose tackle. Uh, he was drafted by the bears. So I think that's kind of where they're their rotation is at but yeah lots of lots of big time losses for the vikings in terms of like their former core players yeah i honestly i don't know how i missed the dalvin tomlinson contract as soon as i saw the numbers i mean four years like, <laughs> i had huge. no idea that he got that contract that's ridiculous i mean yeah. good for him but a shocker yeah 100 all right let's get to this draft class this is going to be i'm sure a very positive and rational conversation about <laughs> draft picks <laughs> this weekend um, obviously the Vikings going with Jordan Addison after the Chargers took Quentin Johnston and the Baltimore Ravens took Zay Flowers. Uh, Jordan Addison has been about what you would have hoped and dreamed for for the Minnesota Vikings when they drafted him if you're a Vikings fan. Um, I mentioned this on the Chargers channel. Uh, tied for first in ADOT. He only has seven catches, but they're mostly all explosive plays. Really taking some pressure off of Justin Jefferson. I think that's as, as good as you could hope. Mm-hmm. Um, Makai Blackman, their cornerback from uh, USC, I believe, in round three. I, I'm pretty sure he's a starter. Jay Ward from LSU. Jaqueline Roy, also from LSU. 
Jaron Hall from BYU, and then Dwayne McBride from UAB, uh, the running back here. So, Tyler, what are your impressions of this uh, Vikings rookie class? They did the, hey, Tyler watched none of these guys for some reason. <laughs> completely just missed everybody here except Jordan Addison. I don't know how that happened, especially with some LSU guys. Like, how did I skip the LSU guys? Yeah. Uh, so Addison's really the only person here I have any priors about. And it's great to see him doing really, really well. I'm happy for him. You know, it, it's great for the the draft grades priors where you, I think you had him as two, I had him as three or, or something like that. Um, so that's great. He's doing great. And I'm happy for him. Yeah, I um, I think yeah, I am at three. I, I think the narratives around Jordan Addison in the pre-draft process were kind of ridiculous in terms of just like his ability to not be an effective deep route runner and things like that because he ran like a four or five or whatever. Um, he's been explosive. He's been targeted heavily. And this is the thing that people need to realize. He walked into the wide receiver two position in Minnesota. Quentin Johnston did not. Um, same thing with Zay Flowers, who arguably might be the wide receiver one there because Odell Beckham is hurt now too. Um, so just be patient. Let Quentin Johnston get some snaps and some some targets before we make any kind of judgment there. Yeah. I think more comparable would be how is he doing compared to like JSN, who was this, I don't say consensus wide receiver one, but I'd say pretty close to it, depending on how you felt about the injury. Yeah. Um, in a similar situation where he's not the wide receiver one or two. Yeah, and he's not exactly lighting it up right now either. Granted, he was injured in preseason, but mm-hmm. just not getting a ton of targets either, just like Quentin Johnson. Yep. All right. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that deep dive. Uh, now time for us to pay some bills. Uh, Tyler, why don't you tell our <laughs> listeners about prize picks? Yeah, so it's Tyler from the Guilty as Charged podcast, and I'm here to talk about prize picks. Prize picks is a skill-based, real-money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? You pick two to six players, and if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection. Say that 10 times fast. Watch your progress update in real time went up to 25 times your entry amount and cash out your winnings with quick scoring, settling, and withdrawals. PrizePix offers frequent discounts, bonuses, and other exciting offers. Players can enjoy community-wide promotions, including weekly promotions like Taco Tuesday and Flex Friday. To make your selections, go to prizepicks.com guilty and use the code guilty. For a first deposit match up to $100, that's prizepicks.com slash guilty and use the code guilty for a first deposit match up to $100. Yes, uh, it's been uh, been fun to use that app. It's super easy to use. Uh, Thursday night picks that I like tonight, if you're listening to this live, uh, Nick Bosa against backup left tackle tonight. So his line is at 0.75, definitely taking the more there. Um, no Saquon Barkley, which means I think Daniel Jones gets pretty active in the run game. Uh, his line is at, let me make sure I get it right. I think I might have scrolled past it already. Shoot. Um, yeah, I like Daniel Jones more than uh, rushing attempts tonight as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as some of you may have seen, Blue Wire has partnered with Little Caesars this year as well. Uh, Little Caesars is the official pizza pizza sponsor of the NFL. Excuse me. And we encourage you to make it part of your game day. You're able to order online during our pizza pizza pregame one hour before NFL games and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. And either way, you win. Speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. 
So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the tastiest hour before Chargers football kicks off this Sunday morning. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Tyler. Uh, let's dive in. Thank you. Thank you. Lots of uh, P words in that ad read. It's uh, a lot of stuff there. Um, all right, Tyler, let's get into our X factors, key matchups here. Um, who's your biggest X factor for the Chargers heading into this weekend's game? Uh, it's going to be Tuli again for me and how they utilize him and how they put stress on the what could be a broken up offensive line for the Minnesota Vikings. They put a lot of stress on Andre Dillard and Dylan Radunes on the left side of the line. Yeah, um, I think that really paid dividends for them. So how do they use Tuli this game? It seems like both the guys in front of them will play either about as much or more. So let's see what how much Joey plays. So how do you utilize Tuli? And for a record, how do you how do you uh, utilize Chris Rumpf? How are those guys used to put stress on the offense? If nothing else, it felt like just going back to it's not really basics, but what made you you know great up front the last couple of years in those moments that really worked out for the Chargers up front. Didn't work for the secondary, but it did work up front. So how do you continue to do that? That's kind of the X factor, and Tuli is specifically that. Yeah, this is definitely a matchup where I think people are rightfully concerned about the secondary. Um, so how do you kind of combat that is, is you got to get home. You know, you have to be able to pressure Kirk Cousins, put them in third and long situation, and then let Tuli in this pass rush uh, eat up their offensive line, which should be playing some backups. Um, I was on a Vikings podcast earlier this week. Um, Vikings fans are apparently fed up with Ed Ingram and Ed Ingram, Ed Ingram plays right guard for them. And he's allowed, I think eight pressures through two games. It's uh, not pretty. They did sign Dalton Reisner this week. Uh, he's never played right guard though before. So I don't know if there's going to be some kind of rotation. Um, but if Ed Ingram is playing, apparently that's the uh, offensive lineman that Vikings fans are most concerned about, even more so than a potential backup left tackle. Yeah, he got... I felt pretty good about Ed Ingram in terms of the on-the-field play, watching him in college. So to see that last year he was, he struggled so much statistically, and then another eight pressures this game, or this week, nope, this year, um, unfortunate. But I, I, I missed where they signed Dalton Reisner, so that's I don't know how he's not your starter in about four seconds. <laughs> yeah. So Ezra Cleveland has been playing left guard there for, I think this is his third season starting. So maybe you kick him to the right side and, and allow Reisner to be your starter, but maybe you just kind of allow that street free agent to come in and, and fit where you have a spot for him. 
Um, okay, so X Factor for me, I wanted to. I thought about going in a different few directions, and it's gonna feel strange calling this player an X Factor. Um, but I'm going with Derwin James. Uh, Derwin James, obviously, I think we would all agree the best player on the Chargers defense at this stage of all of their respective careers. Um, he's the vocal leader. He's the emotional leader of the team of the defense, and we haven't really seen him make a super strong impact to this point. There have been some good reps, some good run stops, a couple of pressures on the quarterback, but no true like Derwin impact game. Um, this is a matchup where, again, we, we can talk about some of the corners versus the receivers of the Vikings, but TJ Hawkinson is lighting up the league right now. He is one of the best tight ends in the league in terms of his production um, he has 15 catches right now, which leads leads all tight ends. Um, his 101 yards is second in the league right now, um, which crazy enough, Hunter Henry is first, which is fun to look at. Um, so TJ Hawkinson has been his own X factor for the Vikings since they traded for him. He's the highest paid tight end in the league, which I think is kind of crazy. Um, but this is a, a game where, you picture some of like the Raiders games of the past against Darren Waller, some Chiefs games where he's had to go up against Travis Kelsey. You probably need this kind of tight end erasure game from Derwin James if you're really going to be able to have a chance because there's going to be, I would imagine, a lot of extra attention paid towards Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison. So that's going to leave Derwin a lot of one-on-one opportunities against tj hawkinson i would i would think that's how the Chargers go up against this passing offense and if tj hawkinson has a great game i think that's going to be a really dicey situation for this defense so derwin james as an x factor is an unusual way to describe him mm-hmm. um but this is a game where we it. have to see a good derwin james game where i think this is just going to be another long day for the secondary do you think potentially because again that's how you would use him but do you think with Brandon Staley naming Jaw the starter at star this week that he's a lot more involved and he's the guy who takes away Hawkins takes away Hawkinson this week? Because if there's if you're blowing assignments in the secondary and Addison's playing as well as he is and Jefferson's playing as well as he is, I don't know that Derwin's not just some guy sitting way back there and preventing the the big plays from happening. Yeah, I so KJ Osborne is is their guy who has the most slot snaps for them. He's he's taking 43 snaps. Uh, in the slot, his percentage is 46.7%, by far the most. Um, so th- there will be some occasions when, like, Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison play in the slot. But the Vikings are in three receiver sets a good a good enough amount that I think we probably see jaw on K.J. Osborne more so than than the other situation. Gotcha. I, I picked up K.J. Osborne in fantasy, so I don't know if that means I should not start <laughs> um. <laughs> Are you going to start him? After watching receivers I've never heard of go off against the Chargers secondary, uh, it's I, I might. It's getting that desperate. It is. It is. Um, I don't know. This Chargers secondary is in for a really tough spot. I hope they respond to the challenge and we can get into some of these key matchups if we want to. But, you know, Jaw, Derwin, I think you feel okay about their chances against KJ Osborne and TJ Hawkinson if this is a, a good Derwin James spot. Mm-hmm. But... Michael Davis, Asante Samuel Jr., J.C. Jackson. We got to get some impact plays from you guys. Or this is going to be a long day. It's, it's funny. It reminds me so much of the Dolphins game from last year where I thought, well, they're just going to get shredded. So maybe, you know, 
lot of swagger, a lot of, uh, hey, we're going to shut down the Dolphins in week one, maybe assuming that they're going to get beaten in the media, kind of now switching gears like, oh, now the secondary is toasted. Hopefully that does something great for them. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, I, we've seen in the past Brandon Staley gets put into the, you know, his back against the wall kind yeah. of situation. And he's come out with some great game plans we've seen over the past few seasons. Uh, obviously, everybody remembers the Dolphins game. But think about, like, the context of the 49ers game and what happened in that performance and, and the defensive line issues or injuries, excuse me, and, you know, debuting this Derwin James edge rusher defense where they had six defensive linemen basically the whole game. So it, it wouldn't shock me if Brandon Staley just, like, my back's against the wall. I'm going to have this amazing game plan. We're all going to execute it. But it's it's really tough for me to look at this defensive performance and feel good about Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson. Uh, Kirk Cousins isn't great, but he can get them the ball. Like, he's he's a good enough quarterback. Yeah, that's the unfortunate thing. It's the first half against the against the Titans. Ryan Tannehill was horrible. Like, awful. God-awful, terrible, broken controller, terrible. And that's not really Kirk Cousins. It's not that he can't have a bad game. He just kind of just floats somewhere in the middle. And then when you have Justin Jefferson, you can have some great games. So it's not going to be a, a gimme kind of easy quarterback matchup here, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's pivot here to some key matchups. We just kind of hinted at some of them. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things I am very curious about <clears throat> is just how this offensive line responds to the challenge yeah. of what happened last week. And I think, um, you know, Brandon Staley mentioned that they had a really tough time with interior pressure last week. It was a, it was a tough game for the young guards and even Corey Lindsay had some, some, some tough moments in pass protection as well. Um, still the chargers protected Justin Herbert, in my opinion, well enough for them to win the game. Um, not at the very end, obviously, like I mentioned, it felt like they, just need some more reps up front between Trey and Jamari in particular for them to be able to handle some of these stunts uh, uh, in particular. So the matchup I think that interests me most is Daniil Hunter versus Trey Pipkins. Um, yeah. He worked a little bit against the left tackle against the Eagles because right tackle for the Eagles is Lane Johnson and Lane Johnson's the best in the business. And I wouldn't want to rush against Lane Johnson very much either. So, um, I would expect a lot of Daniel Hunter versus Trey Pipkins this week. Trey has been a bit up and down in comparison to like relative to him. Like, I they still think that he's a very solid offensive tackle, but Jalen Phillips got him a couple times. And I think Jalen Phillips and Daniel Hunter are kind of on a similar playing field in terms of their production, mm -hmm. in terms of their status around the league. Um, Trey had a great game, in my opinion, against the Tennessee Titans had, the the one miscommunication with Jamari, but outside of that, I thought he did a great job against uh, against Harold Landry, against Arden Key on some of his reps. So the issue last week is obviously not the offensive tackles. Mm -hmm. The Vikings don't really have that second edge rusher. So to me, like it, from the Vikings' perspective, it just makes sense to isolate you know, Hunter against Trey Pipkins. You're not going to want to test for Sean, as we talked about yesterday on our show on the Chargers channel. So really, the best way for the Vikings to get pressure is blitz. And the second way is Daniel Hunter getting home on his. So this is an important Trey Pipkins game because he's, he's got the one Vikings defensive lineman that I'm really like concerned about in terms of getting pressure one-on-one. -on -one. 
Yeah, I was surprised, given the Eagles' offensive line, to see that Daniel Hunter had six pressures um, and three sacks, I think it was, the last game against the Eagles, which was, again, a surprise. Um, they ran it so many times, they didn't realize you could get six pressures and three sacks. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that is that is certainly who you're going after. That's the matchup that I had. So I have nothing really to add there. Trey Pipkins versus Daniel Hunter. Um, the key matchup that's not the very obvious one, which is the entire secondary versus the receivers. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's a tough one. Um, I will say one area, you kind of expanding a little bit on some of this, one area where potentially not having Austin Eckler in this game could mm. hurt the Chargers is in pass protection. Um, Ivan Pace Jr., the linebacker from Cincinnati, who the Vikings got as an undrafted free agent. And I wasn't super high on him overall as a prospect, but I thought he should have been drafted. Um, yeah. As of right now, he has four total pressures, um, but he's hit the quarterback on three of them. Mm. Um, and according to the two PFF of the off-ball linebackers, he has the highest pass rush win rate. So he's a really, really effective blitzer, and he gets home when he blitzes. Um, so that's going to be something to watch for sure for the Chargers is, is how Joshua Kelly, Elijah Dotson, Isaiah Spiller, how do they pass protect in those moments when they need to? Because as we mentioned earlier, when the Vikings were six, they, they have been getting home at a successful rate. So um, pass protection from the running backs and tight ends is, is going to be key this week, too. Yeah, I feel like we've been waiting for, or at least I have, for these like day three projected, high stat producing, but mostly just get downhill and go linebackers to finally kind of make their way into the NFL and be consistent as a presence. I think Ivan Pace Jr., he's not a stack and shed guy. He's not a really big guy. You know, that's not his thing. But what he did in college was be unleashed and just go get the quarterback, go downhill, go get him. And that's yeah. what he did so well. So it's cool to see him be able to translate that to Minnesota and then just to unleash him. Um, Brett Coleman, I think, consistently says, like, wow, you're, you know, everybody's an idiot. They should have drafted this guy. <laughs> like, I didn't think he was like that good, guys. It was a weak linebacker class and he was kind of towards the back yeah. end. But his skill set from college is being translated so well to the NFL. That it's great that he's he's doing so well. Uh, Kelly has not been credited with a pressure or a sack or anything so far. Technically, they say that he should have stayed in on that final sack um, on Justin Herbert. So, in terms of matchups where PFF can just grade this guy versus that guy, Kelly's been solid. Um, but we'll see. We'll see going into this week. Thankfully, Pace is not an enormous human being. Yeah, like I like I liked him a decent amount. Like like I said, I thought he should have been drafted, but he is a small linebacker. Like objectively speaking, he is a small linebacker, and it is a curious fit because when you picture like Brian Flores, Bill Belichick linebackers, like generally speaking, you you're picturing like Dante Hightower, Calvin Owen, mm -hmm. like these bigger guys who can also maybe yeah. do some Plan. edge rusher stuff. Yeah. Like Ivan Bates is not that, <laughs> so it, it's it's an interesting fit there in Minnesota. Um, their other starting linebacker, Jordan Hicks, he's a good player. He's kind of, you know, past his prime a little bit, former Arizona Cardinals. So curious to see what happens between the uh, running backs and linebackers there. Um, we got Mr. Jake Hefner in the chat. Appreciate Jake doing some good things over there at the uh, Chargers Unleashed channel. Hope you guys have a good show whenever your next show is as well. Um, we did also get a super chat here from new jersey savage i'm gonna guess that's that um uh, I, said, guess, no. <laughs> I think that's a new jersey thing in the logo i don't know um no matter how the chargers hurt him i keep coming back i need help lol love the show appreciate the comment appreciate the super chat 
and uh, yeah, keep coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm, we're too financially invested to go back at this point. They, they keep <laughs> just making us like, you know, they give us little Caesars promotions and yeah. the chargers have us on their channels. So we're, we're kind of stuck um, being chargers fans, no matter what. But um, I, I would love some of that, like, you know, Kansas city chiefs money uh, fan base money where it's like a, the numbers are significantly different, but thank you for coming back. Thank you for the super chat. I appreciate you. Um, Alex, if you're in here, New Jersey Savage, is that a thing or just his, uh, just a him thing? Yeah. Right. We'll see how, we'll see what, if he's still in the chat here. Um, all right, Tyler, uh, do we want to do bold predictions today or on Saturday? Let's do it on Saturday. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Um, let's end the show. Cause, uh, I know you got to head out here in a little bit End the show with your, most positive player or matchup you're feeling heading into uh, this Saturday? What's like the thing that you're most <laughs> excited about in a positive way this weekend? Um, most positive matchup. I love that we're ending with something positive. I mean, admittedly, it's it's if Marcus Davenport doesn't go and Daniel Henders on one side, then the other edge rusher against Rashawn Slater is probably the most positive possible matchup. It'd probably be that if Davenport was playing or if Daniel Hunter was on that side. Rashawn Slater is just a whole different thing. Um, Thanks for the clip out, Chargers. I hate seeing my face that close up on those social media clip outs. Uh, (laughs) But uh, he's playing great. So like that, probably not a single person in the secondary do I feel good about. I don't, I I guess Morgan Fox coming into his own feels good. It feels one kind of missing game, one really great game. So him against, we'll see what happens with the interior. Um, Maybe Ingram is terrible. um, Or it's Reisner playing right guard for the first time backup center so i think that's a really good one um yeah a lot of trench stuff and i mm, i would say one of the receivers but if they're playing deep the whole time it's more just like a corner like keenan allen sort of thing yeah i don't know we'll see yeah it's really tough to like get an evaluation of their cornerback play right now um byron murphy and caleb evans are like their starting duo for what it's worth outside duo at least um but when you have three safeties over the top of you it makes life pretty easy as a cornerback um yeah you know morgan fox uh he's been outstanding he's top six in pff's pass rush run rate and espn's among interior defensive linemen so super super efficient he's not getting a ton of run defense snaps right now because they're playing nick williams a good amount um but as a pass rusher morgan fox is is holding up really well at this moment um as ellie bruin points out i can't wait to see the run game this week um the vikings play a ton of light boxes um, when they do show like simulated pressures, what ends up happening is they'll put like all six guys on the defensive line. Basically there's no second level at all. It's just like the defensive line and then the safeties, the three safeties. So this, this could be like a really, really great day for the run game. Um, and I'm excited to see how Kellen Moore dials it up with or without Austin Eckler. I, I think that they'll be able to run the football, um, what that looks like for the RB2 situation behind Joshua Kelly is yeah. going to be a little interesting. I wasn't mm-hmm. crazy about the way either of Elijah Dotson or Isaiah Spiller played. Um, I thought both of them were a little timid, a little not super decisive, and it cost them both opportunities to make some big plays. So mm-hmm. um, I think this is an opportunity for one of those two to maybe kind of step ahead of the other because this is a much more positive matchup then the Titans, who are a freaking unit up front uh, and probably the best run defense in the league. 
Yeah, definitely so. Uh, the Vikings, not quite that same unit. They're 26th in EPA per play uh, against the run, and the Chargers are first ahead of the Eagles, and we just saw what the Eagles did to the Vikings. So yeah. you being ahead of the Eagles and rushing anything is fantastic, and now you're playing the team that gave up 200 was it 15 yards on 30 carries to Boston Scott and DeAndre Swift. Yeah, it, honestly, they could they could just repeat the Miami game. It, it would not surprise me if they just go, okay, your own defense stinks. We're going to run it 40 times, and we're going to win. And Jefferson's not getting on the field. I could see that happening. That makes sense to me. That's probably what I would do if I were the offensive coordinator with the Chargers probably every single week if I was looking across the field. At that that doesn't push Quentin Johnston positive. <laughs> it's like, I need, I need a little bit of both. Just run it yeah. and throw it to Quentin. That's it. Yeah. Jet sweeps to Quentin, I'll take. I'll be excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um Appreciate everybody tuning in tonight. That's going to do it for us. Uh, we will be live on Saturday for our final picks and predictions, as well as our um, question and answer session that we do every single Saturday. So uh, we don't take a ton of questions and comments on Thursdays or Sundays, but um, we'll get to a bunch on Saturday. So if you have a question that you're dying to answer or ask us, I should say, um, please tune in on Saturday. Make sure to like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Tell a friend. We always appreciate the positive feedback and, and sharing it. And uh, we, uh, we wouldn't be here without you guys. You know, 100 people in tonight's chat uh, at 4 p.m. on a Thursday is, is pretty good turnout. So appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you next time. As always, bolt up. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.